0: Welcome to this episode of Liberate Her Podcast. It's Jasmine Benson. and this episode, I had the chance to sit down with Bambi Montgomery right out of Chicago. She is the owner of Hive Luxury Fragrances. She used to also own a salon and spa called Honey Childs. It was located in the River North area of Chicago, and she also had a branch of salons in Los Cabos, Mexico. Here on this episode, we get to hear about how a special scent of hers changed her life and she's using it to actually create her own table in the perfume industry let's take a listen hi bambi how are you today
1: i'm well thank you
0: You? i'm doing very well thank you so much for uh being able to sit down with me today i'm very excited to hear your story thank you of course of course so uh tell us a little bit about where you're from
1: I grew up on the south side of Chicago, the wild hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> it was so wild back then. Um, I went to high school in Olympia Fields. I attended Ridge Central High School. Um, and pretty much since I've been an adult, I've lived in the South Loop area. And recently, over the last year or so, I moved to West Loop, which I love because I do everything in the West Loop. So it's just majorly convenient for me. Um, the only time I've ever ventured outside of Chicago, of course, is through school, and um, I lived abroad in Mexico for seven years.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Um, what did you focus on when you were in school in Mexico?
1: Well, I didn't go to school in Mexico. I opened a business in Mexico. Um, oh. I opened a salon and spa there. Same thing when I had um, Honey Childs here in Chicago. I just duplicated it in Mexico. Um, I spent some time in New York going to Pratt to study perfumery.
0: So what is, explain to us um, how perfumery ties into, does it tie into chemistry at all?
1: It does. Um, I have just enough chemistry background to blow some shit up. (laughs) 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 Highly flammable. (laughs) But um, no, my gift is, I have a really keen sense of smell and I have a really unique gift that enables me to mix certain notes together to create something super unique.
0: Okay. Um, so before entrepreneurship, were you working a corporate job at all or did you dive straight into um, your own business after after school?
1: I, I have a unique story. I've never really worked for anyone in my life. Wow. Um, I've had you know, little jobs as a kid, um, but nothing major. I've always since 18 years old work for myself even as a hairdresser you know nobody feeds you clients you have to learn to go out hustle get your own clients build your own if you don't have clients make zero dollars commission so um, I've always been an entrepreneur my entire life I've never worked for a corporate job I've been a consultant for different corporate um, companies but never an employee wow that's amazing I I ain't never been an employee
0: (laughs) that's amazing a lot of people can't say that or have that same story.
1: I'm grateful. I just saw, you know, both of my parents are very hardworking. And I saw what they went through in their careers, especially as they gotten older, how they were pushed out of businesses that they had sacrificed their lives and their families and their time for. And I just did not want that to be my story. So I never went that route of, you know, there's advantages. I don't want to knock people who work for other people, because clearly I have a thriving company and I need people to support that vision. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with that. but um if you can own something on yourself, I'm a huge advocate, but there's upsides and downsides of both. Sometimes as an entrepreneur, you get a check. Sometimes you don't, <laughs> yeah. but the freedom you get, um, just manning your own ship and being in control of your own destiny is priceless to me.
0: Yeah. I love that. What made you switch from, um, doing hair to being a perfumist?
1: Um, perfume has always been a huge part of my life. It's always, I've always been mixing at home and trying things at home. And as I got older, I thought, you know, I just happened to be really, really good at doing hair. And it allowed me a lot of different things. I made a lot of money doing it. I was able to help a lot of people. I own two really successful, wildly successful Salada Spas in Chicago and in Mexico. But it was never my passion. Like I didn't wake up every day looking forward to doing that. So, um, seven years ago I decided to close both of those businesses and really focus on what I wanted to do. And so I finished up an advanced degree in perfumery, um, over the summer, going back and forth every weekend was really difficult because I have a 19 year old puppy Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to leave my baby who's crying right now. (laughs) <laughs> so, to leave my baby every weekend to fly to New York and to you know stay in a hotel you know at my age I'm giving out no student loans so it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it was an uh, undertaking to do that every weekend for I think I did it for three four months I don't remember now but um that's really what my passion is and I wanted to explore it and i took the time off to really dedicate my time to it to perfect the craft i've been working on for a really long time and to be brave enough to it's vulnerable to put your stuff out there something brand new so to get all of that together um it took me the course of seven years and thank god i made some smart moves and was able to take that amount of time off of work and really dedicate to that craft
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So with your background in chemistry, um, how did you, well, tell us a little bit about Hive first, and then I'll ask how you kind of came up with like the formulas or how you experimented with the different scents.
1: So prior to learning about perfumery, I just took a lot of independent classes learning about notes, and I read a lot of books Um, but my gift of synesthesia kind of plays a part in that because it helps me to get a little further ahead than most people because I smell everything. Even when I don't want to, I can smell everything. So um, hive, just to me, it goes into my brand honey child. You know, it's, to me, a hive is a really cool network if you really pay attention to it in nature. Like there's a queen bee who sits at the head of everything but she's totally dependent on everyone else. She can't even feed herself. She can't do anything. She depends on all of those other bees to feed her, to clean her, to bring other bees to the hive. So to me, my business is like that. Like. For me to make Bambi work and to my businesses to work, I need a collective group of people, a lot of them a lot smarter than me, <laughs> helping me push my mission ahead Who really believe in what I'm doing and stand by me. So I don't think of it as, you know, because people call me Queen Bee in Chicago as this hierarchy type of thing. It's more of a dependency. So Hive, my first collection is called The Treasure Collection, and um, a Hive is usually six-sided, and so, that six sides represents six people who are the most influential to me in my journey. And that, you know, those fragrances were named after those people. For example, um, Kathy, my business partner, um, I named the fragrance after her. It's named call Joy. And for me, you know, for years, we've been friends over 20 years, every occasion, birthday, holiday, she buys me a bottle of champagne and she's always celebrating. Even when I see her go through, painful things or disappointments I mean she always sees the sunny side of everything so when I see her I just feel joyous all the time so that that's just an example of how I came up with the names of the fragrances and you know Kathy has a scent to me and it's always effervescent and bubbly and citrusy So I created something that I smell in my mind. She literally doesn't walk around smelling like she's drunk on champagne. (laughs) But whenever I see her, that smell is in my brain. And it's it's almost audible and touchable to me. So I created something that was reminiscent of who she is to me in my life.
0: I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, having people... To celebrate you is, is definitely motivating and it pushes you um, to keep doing, you know, your best. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about synesthesia. I heard you mention that. How, what is that and how has it, um, you know, affected your life?
1: Synesthesia is um, it's considered a disorder. And it had been for me for pretty much of my life until I was in my 20s. And as a child, it affected me majorly because you just, what synesthesia is, is it's your cognitive pathways cross so if i see numbers sometimes they look like color to me so it takes me a little bit longer to focus on that and get past seeing a burst of color or a series of color to tell you what number i'm saying and the same thing you know i have it with food i have it with music so certain things when i hear music sometimes i can taste things in my mouth or when i see someone i can smell something so my cognitive pathways really cross but the thing that's um, as a kid it appears that you have a learning disorder, which my parents thought I had, you know, and being grown up in a black family, we don't talk about those things. So my parents said, don't talk about this. Don't tell people what you have. They're going to label you. It's going to be hard for you to through life. So I never got the proper help and the guidance that I needed as a child. I just thought something's wrong with me. I should not talk about this. And I wanted to, I'm very expressive, or I was a very expressive child. And I wanted to talk about the colors and the smells that were around me all the time because synesthesia is not something you can turn off. I have no control. It's involuntary. So in my twenties, I had the opportunity to meet, um, well, I didn't meet her. She was my client already. And I was having not a meltdown, but a moment. And, um, I took a break from Gail as my hair client. I went to the bathroom and I thought I was in the bathroom for maybe five, 10 minutes max. And when she knocked on the door to come get me, I had been in the bathroom for over an hour, just, wow with it was a lot going on there's a lot of music There was a lot of color in the room there's a lot of different smells from the chemicals and all of it just got to me and when i told her about it she said i think you have synesthesia i'm like yeah i heard that before i really didn't know a lot about it because i've been suppressing it so i started seeing her on a weekly basis and she taught me how to really deal with it and to embrace it as a gift that it's really colorful to walk through life that way um, I notice everything, every detail, and every detail has a smell, and every taste has a story. I mean, so it's a colorful way to live when you're not being so expressive and driving your friends crazy <laughs> with all the things that you experience. But working with her gave me the freedom to really embrace that part of myself and to talk about it because I never really talked about it before either until I started doing perfumery, and it actually. I was forced kinda to talk about it with my instructors because they had to teach me a little bit differently. Like instead of just talking about what I was smelling, they would ask me if it was sharp and what did it look like and if I could relate the smell to a color. So that way it was easier to teach me certain things. Um, And I could isolate certain notes without combining them together. Like for example, you know, I learned how to smell over six different types of oranges. And so Mm -hmm. for me, they're very keen and I couldn't explain it in other ways other than to, to say something was juicy or something was sharp or it looked really orange to me or that I could smell the pith of something and not necessarily that juicy part. So my sense of smell is very unique and specific. So if you say you smell an orange I mean you probably smell what everyone else in the world is smelling. But for me, I could smell the rind, I could smell the oil, I could smell the pith, I could smell the seeds, I could smell wow. that. So to isolate those things makes me a very unique perfumer. And so I've learned to embrace that and not try to because before, you know, you learn how to assimilate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be different as a child. Now that difference is hopefully propelling our company to somewhere very special. So
0: did Doctors try to label you with something else, like autism or?
1: Yeah, early on, I was diagnosed with um, dyslexia at one point um just a number of learning disorders but that was the one that stuck out the most because I heard it the most mm. um, and then it became behavioral you know and that was for real because you're angry you know what I mean I'm seeing something or I'm feeling something I can't really talk about it so then I just became you know a clown <laughs> you know mm. creating drama in the classroom since I couldn't focus nobody else was on focus either so mm. you know um thank God I had parents that believed in lightweight discipline, so I didn't go too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, we just have to learn as people to talk about those things, and differences don't always make you crazy, and just because my journey is a little different from yours, it doesn't mean that I won't get to where I need to go.
0: Yeah, I love that. So how how much willpower did it take for you to grow into looking at what doctors would call a disorder and then turning it into your greatest strength?
1: Um, You know, I always kind of saw it as like my superpower because it made me a good hairdresser. I see shapes very different from other people. I see color very different from other people. So I've never talked about it in that whole career, not once in all the interviews that I've done. And I've been mentioned in almost every major magazine and every TV show, talk show in Chicago. I've never mentioned it. It's only until I started really getting serious about perfumery over the last, you know, seven to 10 years or so that I've really thought, you know, this is my opportunity to embrace this part of myself and not be ashamed of it because it, I, I was made to feel that way for so long. And it's to me, you know, I still struggle with it a little bit because I don't want that to become the focus and overshadow some of the things that I've done. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, not that you're doing that now, because it is interesting and I get that it's new to people to hear about it and to talk to someone who has it firsthand, but I never wanted to overshadow all of the other things that I'm doing, but I get that is. Interesting. So when I do engagements or host events, it's really what people want to talk about. And then I'm like, but what about these fragrances I created? Don't want to talk about that. Right. So I, you know, I'm learning how to incorporate that without allowing it to overshadow me and my businesses.
0: Yeah. Um. You mentioned you thought you were having a moment but you are actually having a meltdown how have you trained yourself to uh to know the difference and not get stuck in a moment where and then it grows into you know something you wallow in because we all have that moment where we just we can't seem to get out of the rut
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: turns into something longer than than it needs to be
1: um i think that's a work in progress i don't think i've mastered that yet I think I've mastered myself and not necessarily master synesthesia and I don't think it's something that I can master so what I have learned to do is um, when I feel myself overwhelmed I focus on something different you know what I mean if there's a lot of color around me that usually triggers it or if there's a lot of stimulation around me that causes, that I can't focus on what I need to focus on, I just learn to walk away and take a breath and take a breather. Or sometimes if I get caught up when I'm working and alone, it works to my advantage. If I'm stuck in a fragrance and I'm stuck in the middle of a story that I'm telling with the fragrance, I allow myself to go through that as long as it takes to get what I need from the end result.
0: yeah that makes sense absolutely absolutely and we can apply that to life in general you know we get overwhelmed often mm-hmm. and it's easy to to just kind of go with the flow of being overwhelmed but i think you have to you know put your stake in the ground mm-hmm. acknowledge what's what's going on and step outside of you know the situation so i think that applies to to a lot
1: mm-hmm. But, you know, that was um, when I met um, Dr. Gill at the salon, that was the first time I'd ever experienced that. And it was the last time, thank God, that I lost a lapse of time over thinking something and trying to focus on that. And I think having her in my life has given me some tools, you know, to breathe differently and to either allow myself to feel what I'm feeling or say i can go back to that do you know what i mean at the time i just did not you know 20 years old you don't have many tools and i, I yeah. still didn't have any at that age where this was concerned so i'm grateful not that it can happen again but i'm grateful that that has never happened to me before or since
0: yeah that's amazing um so Tell us um, the mission of Hive and where you see it, you know, this next year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The mission for Hive is just to expand the brand. I mean, I've researched like crazy over the last 10 years trying to find another black female perfumer. I'm sure there's one more other than me, but I don't know her. I haven't seen her. I read no articles and I've only come across one black male perfumer. Um, So to me... I cannot be the only person I believe that there's nothing new under the sun. I think we can make things better. We can improve upon things, but I don't think there's anything new under the sun. So there has to be someone else who looks like me who has the same interest, but maybe not have known how to pursue it the way that I have. Cause I, there hasn't been many perfume schools in the United States. It's, it's yeah. new. For us. So, um, I think, that is my mission with Hive, is to not only grow my brand um, and really become a powerhouse perfume house, um, but it's also to bring awareness to this very secretive type of field that is, you know, for lack of a better word, is still like an old boys club. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of us in this field. There's not a lot of women, especially black women in this field. And to break into this field is really difficult because it's an old, old, old form of art that people, you know, are really old and have the realms and are not, mm-hmm. That's when, when I go smell perfumes out in the street, no shade, you know, everybody, there's something for everybody. But when I go out and smell perfumes, cause I want to know what's out there, what people are liking. They all smell the same. They all mm-hmm. smell. Oh, nothing's fresh. Nothing's new. There's only a handful of perfumers that I think are doing anything new and remotely exciting that I would want to walk around smelling like that. Um, So that's what I hope to do with hot is to have a niche perfume brand that is unique and different and not the standard. I think I get that a bit from having synesthesia, but also not being, know, professionally French trained as a perfumer. So I know the rules of perfumery. I wasn't taught the rules of perfumery. So I'm able to step outside the box and take a lot of risks that other formerly trained perfumers just don't do. So um, I hope to grow that brand, but also um, what's really important to me in having Hive is to align myself with other brands, mm-hmm. not necessarily in my field. Like, I'm doing a really cool collaboration with um, this girl in Chicago. They call her the Queen of Diamonds. Diamonds don't have a lot to do with my brand, but it's luxury. You know, what woman doesn't want? Well, I sleep every night and perfume in perfume and my diamonds. That makes me feel good. Yeah. So, I, why not do something luxurious with the Queen of Diamonds in Chicago? So, I'm doing a line of jewelry with her. Then, you know, I'm doing a really cool clothing collaboration with Barbara Bates, who is the Chicago icon that I think people have uh, forgot about a bit. And I wouldn't sleep on her. She's still relevant and she's still the bomb. And I think very highly of her. So I'm bringing a newness and a freshness to a lot of clothes that we're doing together. Uh, I just got a lot of little cool little collaborations under our little hive umbrella that I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, I love the collaboration aspects. I really think this is the year for that. Um, cross-collaboration, you know, br- cross-branding.
1: No, This is how I feel. I tease my girlfriends. If I'm the only one making money and I'm the only one, you know, that means I'm just... I'm the only one giving good gifts and paying for dinner. I want to do that. I want to get good gifts and I want somebody to pay for dinner also. So I want my whole team to rise up. So I'm not the only one sitting here comfortable. That's not a good feeling. So that is why I collaborate with these brands is so I can get some good gifts and I'm going to pay for also. And when they shine, I shine.
0: Yeah. And it gives exposure to all of you. And I love that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that uh, the perfume industry is almost like an old an old boys club. How, uh, or what have you you know had to overcome to really get your foot in the door to, and to be taken seriously?
1: I decided to create my own door. I have to go to a perfume house and ask for things and have them critique my work. So I started my own, and now they're taking notice of me.
0: That is the perfect answer. I love that.
1: Thank you.
0: Make your own table and your own chair and watch them pull Absolutely. up to your table.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, now this, these last two questions I ask everyone. So it's kind of my favorite, uh, my favorite little section of the interview. Um, if you had the opportunity to shadow any woman for a week who would it be to learn their perspectives or habits process that
1: question ahead of time (laughs) um you people ask me that all the time you know either who would I have dinner with somebody alive or dead or you know I just I admire a lot of people you know for different reasons um I'm not really a celebrity hound like I think I appreciate people's craft. I appreciate what they've done, but I've never been like a fan like that. I mean, I, there's been a certain musicians that I just love, but it's, it's not the person. I don't know the person. I, I like the craft. So I don't see people in that way. Um, so to answer that question, um, I guess it would be, I enjoy carving my own way. So the people that I like to have dinner with, Are like-minded people, my friends, I don't have a lot of time and opportunity to spend in my free time, you know, with my friends and family. So, I mean, that wouldn't change. I would rather talk to those people. I like to go out to dinner with my business partner than Oprah, no shade, I like Oprah. I think she's done some great things, but anything I need to know about her, I can read about. Mm. know what I mean. So I I don't have any people like that that I look up to. I had really strong people in my family you know i had a good representation of what integrity and honesty and hard work gets you so i don't have a need for outside sources like that
0: got it got it the podcast is called liberate her so this is your chance to give a statement to other women that would liberate them so an aunt a mother a sister what would you say to take her
1: those last two questions.
0: <laughs> what would you say to miss to to take her to a new level of freedom
1: um let me think about that i think for me i'll just talk about my personal journey for me the most important thing for me to learn as a woman was to master myself like no one no situation No outside source outside of me controls me at all. Um, Nothing takes me out of body. I'm not snapping on nobody. You know, I can get you right together real quick without stepping outside of myself. I think that is very important as a woman, relationship-wise, business-wise, is to always stay true and master yourself. Um, And that, to me, means getting to know who you really are, the core of your being. Nobody knows you like you. So even... The crappy things about yourself, know that about yourself. And if there's something you can change, change that. Or if it's something you need to accept about yourself, do that. I think it's essential for us as women to know that you're layered. I'm layered. There's a lot of sides to me. And I don't try to conform to just this way of thinking, or I'm just the polite Bambi, or I'm the homemaker Bambi, or I'm the perfume. There's a lot of sides to me, and I embrace all of those sides. So Loving all of who you are is quintessential. And that takes a long time for a lot of women. I know women that are in their 60s just learning who they are and what makes them tick. So the sooner you can get there, the better. And I think that once you do that, to be stingy with yourself. You know what I mean? When you're a queen, you just don't give yourself and your time. Boundaries. I'm very selfish with myself and I surround myself with people who encourage me, who support me, um, who are not afraid to be around someone like me. Because a lot of times, you know, people are attracted to your anointing, but they can't handle it, you know what I mean? So I'm really protective of that. Um, and with that comes a lot of times that I'm alone. So I don't fear being alone because when you are a strong woman that seems to isolate you, you get a lot of people who are, who are around you for the wrong reasons, Um, they support you, but they secretly want to be you. You can't be friends with somebody who wants to be you or has a secret agenda, and you can only point those things out and call those things out when you know who you are because sometimes when you don't, you accept that type of behavior because it makes you feel good when someone admires you in that way or you have a friend that's jealous of you, but when you are in tune Those things don't make you feel any type of way other than pissed off. (laughs) Yeah,
0: a jealous friend is not a friend at all. You can't support me and want my life at the same time.
1: (laughs) So for me, um, I'm not afraid to be alone and not to say, you know, I don't want a husband or all those things. I do. Um, But it's when the perfect time and the opportunity aligns itself. So the last thing I would encourage women is not to wait. For that a husband or the perfect time or the perfect opportunity you have to create those things for yourself you want a ring go buy yourself a ring you want a fur coat go buy your or a house go do all those things and then the, what I find is what you're looking for in a mate is you know you should be reflective of those things already um, and all that still goes back to mastering yourself and knowing yourself And the last thing and the most important thing, the most important thing that I'm proud of of myself outside of having self mastery is I align myself with God and all the right things that I want and all the things that I used to chase are now chasing me, you know, all the blessings and opportunities that I was looking for prior to aligning myself properly with the creator. They're now running me down. So Align yourself with God first and then get to know yourself and then just believe as, especially women, our whole demonstration is meant to receive in every way, physically, mentally, emotionally. So all you have to do is be ready and ready yourself. And sometimes, you know, the waiting ain't easy, but that's part of the patience and enduring and knowing who you are is waiting. And sometimes, you know, I've learned later in life to appreciate a pause because every time Bambi wanted to move too quick, and I did, and the shit didn't work out, you know. Mm-hmm. So I have learned to appreciate those pauses in my life and to dig in deeper with my faith and with my God. And the timing, when you wait on that kind of timing, there's nothing like it. And that's where I feel that I am in my life. I'm having, and not that I don't have challenges and obstacles, just like everybody else in business and in my personal life. But I'm so in tune and I'm so in line that even those bumps or challenges don't really phase me because I, I know the outcome. I'm, I'm a believer. So I see myself at that finish line already. So all the little things around the bend and the turns I got to make, they don't move me.
0: Yeah, faith, identity, emotional health, it, it all ties in. Um, those are great, great points. Thank you so much for sitting with me um tell tell everyone where they can buy, uh, purchase your your candles and your different scents
1: absolutely you can go to hive h-i-v-e luxury all the wonderful collaborations that i'm doing are listed on my blog at everything dot um and i'm on instagram all the time i love instagrams so i love taking pictures i'm very visual so there's Instagram feed at Everything Bambi. There's another one for high luxury fragrances. So if you're interested in anything that I'm doing, the fragrances that I create and just being an on-point type of chick, you should follow those things.
0: Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bambi.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: You can connect with Bambi um, on her site at HiveLuxuryFragrances.com. That's H-I-V-E, LuxuryFragrances.com. You'll be able to check her out, learn more about her products, her awesome fragrances and candles, and you'll be able to learn more about her up-and-coming Hive Foundation. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.